from the living room of a small apartment in central West Virginia. Nah, not anymore. New location, new albums, same great stories. It's time for the Bang Your Head Podcast with your host, Jake Zimmers. After almost six months off, we are back. Maybe not better than ever, but we're at least back. Welcome back. Back? Yeah, it's a lot of times I said that word. Anyway, I welcome you in to the return of the Bang Your Head podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Jake Zimmers. As always, much appreciated. Uh, must, I'm very appreciative of, uh, of you guys listening and, and to be able to do this. It's so great to be back behind this microphone. As always, uh, in case you've forgotten, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, all over the place. Search for Bang Your Head podcast. You can find us. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash BYHpod. If you want to follow me and my crazy excursions, Twitter and Instagram at JMZ1994. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. Jake, where in God's name have you been? Well, let's see if I can condense this in maybe three minutes or less. Um, As many of you knew, I was a full-time staff member at Glenville State College down in West Virginia. I have since left, which was part of the reason why I put the show on hiatus. Uh, I mean, mainly because... Uh, I wanted to kind of stockpile episodes back up again and, 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 and you know, kind of get ahead of the curve when it comes to putting out episodes. I hate leaving breaks in between uh, in between episodes and, and that didn't sit right with me. But along the way, I was going through a bit of a dilemma in terms of what I wanted to do next with my career. And I made the decision to leave Glenville State after three years, uh, three great years working with that team down there. And, and I'd be remiss not to thank... Uh, Dustin Crutchfield, um, the athletics department. Who, uh, you know, over the over the years, I worked with uh, with with some with some people down there that that helped uh, helped me cultivate my uh, my career. There were disagreements along the way, of course, uh, but without both of those departments taking a chance on a 23 year old from South Central Pennsylvania, I don't think I would be where I'm at currently. And I owe them uh, I owe them a lot. So so thank you. Uh, with that being said, uh, in in June. I left Glenville State, made the move back, officially a Pennsylvania resident again, and now I'm in grad school. I am uh, in grad school out in New York City on Staten Island at Wagner College. I'm working towards a master's degree in media management. I'm a graduate assistant in their athletics department overseeing live video production for home athletic streams. I'm living in a dorm again, which is weird, but that's another story for another time. Um... But I'm excited to be bringing this show back, and I'm excited for my first guest. Literally, my my day one pal from when I first moved out here. Her name is Erin DePaul. You're gonna learn a lot about her, uh, how she fell in love with the game of lacrosse, what led her to school in Tennessee, what led her to Wagner College. Uh, I will apologize in advance. So when you're using this microphone for the first time in a while and you double and triple check your microphone patterns, uh, sometimes you accidentally set the wrong patterns. And that's what I did. Uh, however, everything's still picked up. Um, just sounds a little all over the place. But this was too good of an interview for me not to share. Uh, part one will be this week. Next week will be part two, which will be the album review. And I hope you guys enjoy this. Aaron is fantastic. Uh, a great friend since I've, since I've been here. Uh, on Staten Island. So really excited for you guys to hear her story. Uh, before we go in to 
the sit down with Aaron, I do, of course, want to bring back the independent spotlight of the week. And who else could it be but the boys in Crooked Ways? They are releasing their second album in October. It is called Totality. They've released two singles, one of which we actually played here on the show. Can't remember which episode it was, but I do remember that we that we did play the song Filth Wish, and we are going to play the second single off of this album. It's called Totality. It comes out on October 15th. From everything the boys have been telling me, it is heavy. It is uh, animalistic, and it's going to be really cool. If you've heard Filth Wish, it's got that gut, those guttural vibes, and we got the same thing going on here with this week's Independent Spotlight. It is Crooked Ways featuring Tyler Kern. This song is called Chainsaw Grin. Enjoy it, rock out, and stay tuned for part one of my sit-down with Aaron DePaul. Enjoy it. Let's bang our heads, friends. It's so great to be back. Yeah. 
ladies and germs, friends, kids of all ages, we are back. After six months off, the Bangerhead podcast is back and better than ever. We are no longer in the living room in the middle of central West Virginia. We are now in the Big Apple, the big time New York City, and I have an amazing guest for the return of the show. Uh, About two and a half months ago, at the time we were recording this, uh, we were uh, scared newbies on a college campus on the thriving metropolis of Staten Island, New oh, York, yes. and and all this time later, we're growing in the professional sense, and it's phenomenal. Are we? Uh, eh, we're, uh, we're, trying. we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> uh, my guest is the uh, ticket manager for the athletic department here at Wagner College. We're both GAs. Go Seahawks. Um, former standout college lacrosse player at Lincoln Memorial University. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about her today. Erin DePaul. Erin, what's up? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, it's I feel like it's been really funny because you and I met on when we first were moving in, mm-hmm. and it was like freshman year all over again. But somehow, not I wouldn't say worse, but where I like as I'm sure we'll talk about like where I went to school and stuff. Like I never had the living arrangements that I've had here. And then, um, like, you know, our parents started talking, and you and I were just kind of standing there with, like, all of the shit in our hands. Am I allowed to cuss on your podcast? You are absolutely not. You can curse. You can curse. Okay. It was going to happen regardless, but I wanted to know how much I needed to, like, monitor myself. But, you know, you and I are looking at each other while our dads are like, I'm Mike. You're Mike. What? And you're like, I went to a wedding in Delaware. And I was like, oh, I work in Delaware. And you and I are just, like, looking at each other like, can we just, like, haul our dish upstairs, please? <laughs> I just I just remember uh, arriving to campus. That was the first day mm-hmm. I had gotten to, like, I didn't have the time to, to like, actually come out and, and tour the campus. My parents have four dogs. We couldn't put them in a kennel for a day. Yeah. And, like, literally the day we got out there was the first time I had ever stepped foot on Wagner's campus. And I was so stubborn when I made the turn up and I made the left-hand turn and went down and parked in front of Harborview where we were staying, where we were both staying at the time. And I didn't realize that that was Harborview. So I turned back around and went back out to the public safety officer. That's right, because I think you passed us. And you were like, do you know where Harborview is? My parents asked me, 100%, because I was in my car and I was like, I'm not asking these people because I... I, (laughs) You can attest that my early days, I was just very... (laughs) So... Yeah, and then we... I remember there was one night, I think I had like... A white claw or seven, not seven, but like as a joke. And I I was like, Jake, what do you think about scary movies? You're like, indifferent. And they're like, and then you like walked away, like back in there. They're like, who was that? I was like, oh, that's my boy Jake. We share an office together. That's my guy. Oh, I was, I, uh, that's, oh, wow. How, how much things have changed in two and a half months. Oh my gosh. And like the other day when you told me, you're like, we've been here for all of two months now. And I was like, I didn't believe you. I thought it was longer. I was like, are you sure it's not three? Like, we're, we're like half a year in now. You're like, no, Aaron, it's been two months. <laughs> All right, Aaron. So uh, to get things started here, I will ask you the same question I ask everybody every episode. So drum roll, please. Ba, 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 ba. Who is Aaron Paul? Oof. Um, and it's funny because we have a class together with Max, and it was like, introduce yourself in three sentences. And I was like, how the hell do I do that? Three sentences? No. So it's nice to actually kind of, and it's weird because I've just graduated undergrad. I am Erin. I am a, a retired student athlete turned ticketing manager, still trying to be involved in the world of sports. Um, 
I love that this is the first time I'm sitting on the other end of a microphone because I have a passion in doing what you're doing now, talking to people about stuff that I'm interested in. So I am excited to be on Staten Island. And yeah, I guess that's that's me right now. <laughs> All right, so take me back to the beginning. What was life like for young Aaron DePaul growing up in the thriving metropolis of Elkton, Maryland? Oh, gosh. It was so- somewhat like a normal life, I think, as you would like see in movies. Like, I had a younger brother. I had two parents, um, obviously, that have a wonderful marriage together. I had a lot of really close friends. My four friends that I have are like from home, I still talk to them every single day. I love them. Like it, I built a really great foundation. Um, as we'll lead into like the music sense of things. I remember my dad working really strange hours because he would either be doing night shifts or like, unfortunately sometimes like unemployed. And then, you know, I have to go get picked up from daycare while he's like working in between jobs or like, you know, that kind of stuff. And listening i just like the core memories i have are driving to the y to pick up my brother from peace peace school (laughs) from preschool and or going to the beach with my mom on weekends like maryland is so much it home for me like growing up there it's like it was the definition of maybe i don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes but I'm so happy to be there. Like I get so excited about going home and especially now that I live in New York, it's a little bit closer. So being able to go home and like feel grounded, I would say that's probably still something that like ruminates for me. So you're like where Elkton is for a brief geography lesson, I mean, you're Northeastern Maryland, right? Correct. So you're, you're in, in a really weird way, like technically part of the Philadelphia metropolitan area. Yeah, so, and it's, and as, my roommate will attest to me or my roommate from undergrad will attest um my mom went to university of delaware so we grew up pretty much on the campus of university of delaware as far as working and just kind of living outside of elkton because even to get into town for me took anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes like for my high school it's a nine mile drive if the if the crow flies straight but it still takes a minute to get there um but then like you were saying my roommate from undergrad would say, she would say, um, oh, Erin will say that she's from Delaware or Maryland, depending on who's asking. And then people will get surprised when I say that I go to Philly more than I go to Baltimore because Philly's a lot closer than it is to Baltimore. Or wait, Philly is a lot closer to me than Baltimore is. <laughs> so what, I, I see with a lot of the Maryland people friends that I've made throughout uh-huh. my life it's always been like Maryland is your personality trait yeah well <laughs> well that but it's also just like I think I've always met people like Baltimore Annapolis Ocean City like like uh-huh. I like my old college roommate lives uh him and his girlfriend just bought a house at the Delaware shore but they're close enough to like Ocean City for example right? I always said Ocean City Maryland and I hope you don't get angry comments but to me and from what I've known about the reputation of Ocean City Maryland if you're going to OCMD, you are going because you are a senior going for senior week. You would like to do hard drugs, which is also part of senior week, if I'm being honest. That didn't happen to me, Mom. Um, you're trying to get a regretful tattoo or your nipples pierced, or you want to make just general life regret regretting decisions. And that is my opinion, because <laughs> that's just the only experience that I've heard 
from other people about it. Well, let me ask you this because you you are in Maryland, but you like you said, you know, you are closer to Philly. Like what's mm-hmm. Maryland I feel like is such a unique state in the sense that like what is I the feel shape like, of it, honestly? Yeah, like, I've, it, I've wondered too. Like, well, like I can, like you know, my time living in West Virginia, I would have to drive through the what, like central and western Maryland. Yeah. So I'm going from like Hagerstown, further west towards like uh, Cumberland and Frostburg and and, mm-hmm. and Friendsville and like like all of these towns in western Maryland that nobody even thinks of. Yeah. And then like like I said, like a lot of people look at Maryland as only like oh, there's Baltimore and there's Annapolis and there's OCMD. They maybe maybe. No Hagerstown or Williamsport, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, as you know, for somebody who grew up in northeastern Maryland, you mentioned you're closer to to Philly than you mm-hmm. are Baltimore. But I'm but I'm going to assume too that you've also people in that area have had their dealings with with people from Baltimore because you are after all in the state of Maryland. So I'm curious yeah. what you know. I'm a I'm a diehard Philly sports fan, right. but <laughs> I grew up for, far away from Philly despite living in Pennsylvania. So like. What's the main, what's the biggest difference you see from maybe, you know, the people mm. the people you maybe saw that grew up closer to Philly versus people that may grow up okay. closer to Baltimore, since Baltimore is so synonymous with the state of Maryland. So funny you mention that because immediately my mind goes to dialect. So like, I love the Philly terms and like the common phrases like John. I see John a lot. My friend from Baltimore is like what are you talking about and also it's funny because you the way you enunciate baltimore you put the emphasis on the t baltimore and she she beat it out of me real quick that it's not baltimore it's baltimore like with a like a like a rounding d instead um i would say like the biggest difference for me that i've noticed is and i didn't spend too much time in baltimore truthfully like playing lacrosse and stuff was really a lot of the only experience i had going into baltimore like in the city because that's where my travel team practiced um, at, uh, there was, it was a community college, like right on the outskirts before you go under like the uh, Harbor Expressway 95, whatever. Um, but I would say like culturally, I can't speak too much on, but I would say that from what I've noticed, it's a, like, I feel Philadelphia is again, the city of brotherly love, so it's a little, I feel like a little bit more tighter knit than I would in Baltimore. Um, but that's also because of like how often I would go into Philadelphia. So, mm. but I, again, being in like kind of like a little bit more closer to Philly, but still being a part of Maryland and being at the, the right at the very tip of the Chesapeake Bay, people take a lot of pride and that kind of area because it's literally like you're in the Yiddish part of Elkton and then two feet away you're going to be in rural rising sun and you're going to be like yeehaw redneck redneckery to go like it, it literally was like the clash of worlds and as much as I think Wagner is a fever dream sometimes I like kind of try to take an outward perception of what Elkton is and I'm like no Elkton's a fever dream <laughs> like that place is weird and I love it <laughs> I, I just had a, a random thought pop into my head because in Pennsylvania this isn't a deep question it's just it's just in Pennsylvania we obviously have the Sheets versus Wawa debate so in Maryland what's the uh there's like a it's got to be Wawa versus Royal Farms right like you got a well yes we do we call it Rofo too which I almost said that but I I I like Rofo but Royal Farms is underrated it it absolutely is their potato wedges go unbelievably hard but here's the thing 
If I want a good sandwich, I'm going to Wawa. If I want a good soft pretzel, I'm going to Wawa. If I want anything that's dependable and good, I'm going to Wawa. We don't have a lot of sheets. I don't eat meat anymore. But if we were getting fried chicken, it was always from Rofo. Absolutely. Like, it, not, not, not a question about it. You were going to Rofo. But I would say if you're, like, trying to get something special, we go to Sheets. And what I always say is Sheets is the guy that is that you want to date and you want to marry, but he's going to break your heart. Wawa is the dependable man. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe Rofo is just that extra little fling on the side <laughs> then that satisfies you when you need it. Fantastic. But I, I do like – I liked Rofo a lot, but, I mean, like, if you – but – I will say we have highs in Maryland. Like it's like a gas station slash convenience store. Their slushies are fantastic, and so is their ice cream. So shout out to highs. Next time I'm in Maryland, they have like their own creamery. It's like Turkey Hill. Oh wow. Yeah. Next time I'm in Maryland, I know where I'm going. Also, it took me a long time to realize Turkey Hill was not like geographically everywhere. And that hurts me. Yeah, it's weird. It hurts me because Turkey Hill is so good. It's it's fantastic. Their lemonade. Chef's kiss. I was at a wedding recently, and we passed through Lancaster, and we drove past the Turkey Hill experience, and I was like, shout out, Turkey Hill. Yeah. We got my um, my last dog that I had. We got him in Lancaster. Hey. Yes. All right. So anybody that uh, knows you and your backstory knows that probably, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as somebody who's only known you for two and a half months, uh, I would say probably the most important thing in your life before coming here was lacrosse. Like, yeah. I feel like that's that's something really big. So talk about talk about the sport of lacrosse. Like, what was your first memory or 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 moment discovering the game? Oh my gosh! So um, shout out to Ronan, my little brother. He started playing before I did, and I knew that I wanted to play lacrosse because I think it was in first grade. I broke my arm and I was playing softball at the time, so I had to be first base coach. And I was like sitting there in the dirt field and I'm like, this is just so boring. <laughs> so my brother's playing lacrosse in the spring and he, my mom's like, you know, like his league has some for girls, like you should try it out. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And um, for those who don't know, Maryland is actually a hotbed for lacrosse. And that just means that it breeds a lot of athletes that play lacrosse, whether they're good or not, but you know, um, so I think the first time I personally, oh my gosh, you're just bringing me right back. I remember the first time holding a lacrosse stick, my next door neighbor at the time, she was like, you know, giving hand-me-downs away. Um, and she gave me a metal stick that probably weighed about 15 pounds. It was a metal shaft and it had a plastic head. That thing was a tennis racket. <laughs> it was, it was like, I, I got the pleasure of watching what the women's sport of lacrosse like grow and like adapt and change completely in my time of being an athlete. Um, and it was really exciting because the rec league that I played for, it was coincidentally the Seahawks. I know we're coming full circle, right? Um, Cecil Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks aren't a real animal, by the way. They're ospreys. They're ospreys. Shout out Max Rottenecker. Anyway, (laughs) shout out. Anyway, (laughs) so I was playing that. I played that from, I guess fourth grade till high school and one of like the best changes I got to see was I grew up playing on a farm and the farm was sideways like this you're playing on a hill and you're like okay that makes sense like it's a little rec league that you're playing as a kid well then the county passed um, an initiative to turn it into a complex 
like so turf fields like leveling out the ground and stuff like that they you know and a lot of old people were like up in arms about it and but I'm like it's gonna be so beneficial to like kids and stuff like that and so I got to watch like turf fields being built like whole rec centers being created about this and um it was like almost a little emotional for me because then when I got to college and um, my coaches would go and do recruiting and stuff like that, they would be like, oh, I'm going to this place somewhere in Elk Ridge, Calvert Farms. And I was like, that's, that's where I grew up playing. That was, that was me. That's like, I, I ran on that when it had cow manure and cornfields on it, damn it. Like, it, it just was like watching it, especially in such a small town was like so exciting for me growing up and getting able to play as you were growing up was there a a game or like or like whether it was a collegiate team or maybe something professionally that really that really had like an impact on you um I think when I realized maybe I wasn't um as bad I guess as I thought I was like I I grew up being really competitive and um so I played when I realized I really liked lacrosse, I got into doing travel teams. Shout out mom and dad for driving me literally across the country to go and play at some of these tournaments, seriously. Um, there was a game, and if you go into overtime and then you don't, it's still dead end. Sometimes tournaments will do what's called a brave heart, and that is just a draw. So two people on the field and two goalies. That's it. The first person to score wins. I got to take the draw, I got to score, and win in overtime. Like, double, triple overtime, whatever. And that was like, I was like, holy fish. I'm like, I'm like playing for this team that I'm looking at my teammates and I'm like, you guys are so good. You walk, like, you walk on water to me. And I was the one that was like, they were like, no, you do too. Like, you're doing it too. It was like, almost like you became like their equal. Yeah, it will, that, like that, like obviously I was, an equal but that was the first time I saw myself sure. being like oh my gosh wait I'm actually kind of good at this sport so I would say that was probably one of and that was like when I was like oh my gosh like 10 or 12 it was like ridiculous when did it become apparent to you that maybe you had a chance to play at the collegiate level oof um so NCA has a lot of rules and they've changed since but when I was first starting in high school teams other than like division one and division two could only reach out to me after my July 1st of going into my junior year of college. And I remember like, I know my mom's going to listen to this. She's going to be like, I told you. Yeah. You're right. Excuse me. You're right. Kelly. Like, um, I was like shitting my pants. I was like, schools are not going to email me. Nobody's going to email me. Like I am terrified. I've gotten some emails from like D three schools. I got recruited for soccer somehow. <laughs> which is like my test of fame whenever my brother and I will get into arguments I was like but I got recruited for three sports and you only got recruited for two <laughs> but whatever um but then when I started getting emails from coaches that were like you know I've seen you play at these tournaments like I'd love to have a phone call with you I mean it, it was so hump like I don't I wouldn't say humbling but like it, it just blew my mind I was like are you kidding me? Like people actually want me to come and play and they want me to talk to them. Like they want me to come and visit. Like it was, it was really cool. So probably the summer going into my junior year of high school. So you ended up playing collegiately at Lincoln Memorial university mm -hmm. down in Tennessee. What was the, the final nail in the coffin to lead you uh, down to LMU? 
So I had gone on a few visits to other schools, and I liked a lot of the other schools. Like, I think Tiffin in Ohio was one that I really liked because at the time I was going in as a criminal justice major. Um, and they had a really good program. But then I was like, it's Ohio. No offense to any Ohioans, but, like, I drove two hours away through nothing to get to the school. So then when LMU flew me out, um, so I got to go. I had a connecting flight in Raleigh, then flew into Knoxville. Um, Super weird. The earth is very small. My coach, my GA at the time, grew up in the same town that my dad did and worked where I picked up my bagels in New York. And she was picking me up from the airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I was like, what the hell? That's It really weird. is a small world. It is. Um, but driving from Knoxville to the middle of nowhere, Cumberland Gap, Tennessee, is easily one of the most beautiful drives I've ever been like able to take. You drive through the mountains. You're driving through national parks. It's amazing. I get there. There's a coach there who's um, from Annapolis. And I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. She's not going to be there for that long. She's kind of a bitch, honestly, but whatever. And then I meet the head coach. Um, and they say you should never pick a school because of the head coach because that can change. And I agree to an extent, but this coach was like, ama- like amazing. She wanted you to have a college experience and play lacrosse. And um, like literally such a big and positive influence on like my life as a whole. Probably one of the reasons I got the position here at Wagner, um, even though she left my senior year. But it was funny. I went and I think it, when I was visiting my junior year, it was their second or third season. I can't remember which second or third season even having a program so I got to be there when they had finished the facility building and they were cutting the ribbon and I got to meet the person who's like half the camp who owns like pretty much the whole entire campus like it was like just so beyond me and then again like the team made me feel so good about being there and I knew going into like a young program I was going to be able to build a name for myself there wasn't a lot of girls on the team, so I knew I was going to play. Um, I knew that the, like, people always, when I grew up, people were telling me D2 is, like, you don't want to get into it because it's the least competitive. I completely disagree of the divisions. Like, you're going to play good teams. You're going to play bad teams. We were about the bad team more than half of the time. But, I mean, just getting to know the girls so, like, and they just were like, hey, you're, you're one of us for the weekend. We don't care what the fuck you're doing with your life, but you're one of us for the weekend. You're an LMU lacrosse player for the weekend. So that made it, plus the money, truthfully, um, made it really easy for me to be able to be like, this is it. This is it. No questions about it. Right. We were absolutely not just interrupted by my roommate uh, (laughs) FaceTiming me on my MacBook as we are recording this. Hi, Sal. That's pretty much on par for (laughs) Wagner life here. Shout out to Swagner. Um, So... Yeah, so going to the the college experience, obviously it was lacrosse that brought you to uh, to LMU. But while you were there, what else was it uh, that was keeping you involved at at the school when when you weren't when it wasn't the six a.m. workouts or when it uh, wasn't or when it wasn't game day? Like like what was it that kept you that kept you so invested? On yeah, campus? like I said earlier, I was a criminal justice major going into school. I kind of liked the idea of going into law. Um, just because I like when things make sense. <laughs> so I and I did my 
a degree backwards. So because it was such a small school and it's such a small program, they would only offer certain classes at certain times. So I was taking like my 400 levels with like, you know, criminal procedure, like understanding law and like using that in statistics. Like I did all of that backwards. Saved my ass in the long, in the long run because um, I met probably the person who I owe a lot of my life right now to and my job work, Scott Erland, and I'm going to send him this clip because I, I seriously do not thank him enough for it. Um, he interviewed me when I was becoming kind of like a, a pretty good lacrosse player for LMU and for our conference and not to brag, but at one point I was nationally ranked for Division Two points per game so like she was the best lacrosse player ever (laughs) ever it's my my claim to fame um but he interviewed me and you know he sat down with me and one of my teammates jasmine click um and was like hey here's this is how it's gonna go and i sat there and the way that i sat down today with you and i was just so excited because i was like i love podcasts and he like he looked at me and was like you like podcasts i was like yeah and he's like, okay, let's be honest. I don't have, like, the most shy personality. I'm pretty extroverted when it comes to, like, my personality. He's like, if you want, like, I will give you creative reins and you can host your own podcast. And um, so I came up with the idea and I called it Ease World at first. But that that was funny because then there was a now a professional NBA basketball player his name is Emmanuel Terry, and he's so kind, a truly wonderful human. Um, but all of his profile stuff was ease, ease world. But it, there was a lot of overlap, and it ended up didn't sticking, whatever. So then it became ease corner, and I was interviewing student athletes and talking to them briefly about their sport. But then my goal of that was. How do we gain the perspective other than being a spectator at a sport? Because coming from a student athlete standpoint, I felt very um, like alone at times because it's like, how do I talk to people that I'm more than an athlete, that I'm more than a statistic, than a person scoring goals? Um, and then so quickly after that, I kind of talked to my parents. I was like, I really think I want to change my major. I, I want to go into media uh, communications, media relations. And they're like, I don't know, think about it. And then in the summer, they decided it was their own idea and told me I should, I should switch. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm trying. Okay, whatever. So I ended up switching to um, media communications for my undergrad. And um, I owe, I, I'm not kidding, and it makes me emotional to think about how much I feel. I, don't, I know I don't owe them, but if I can simply shout them out, Tony Spinoza, um, just critiquing me in the most constructive way possible for how to be influential and not um, too overtly, like, you know, being an asshole about what I want out of, like, a career like this. Um, and then also Lauren Moore, a.k.a. Lomo, she was a GA in a similar position to me and kind of took me under her wing. So in what turned what was supposed to be just an interview about me playing lacrosse turned into me having my own podcast, turned into me changing my major, turned into me creating ideas and then hosting halftime basketball games in front of 2,000 people, turned into me hosting our athletic um, awards ceremony, which again, which was viewed by over 3,000 people. Like, my 
a whole life changed because I sat down at a table in the Tex Turner Arena Hall of Fame room. And like, I'm saying that out loud now and it's just like, it still blows my mind every time I get to think about it. And I mean, the program was, media communications outside of lacrosse created its own issues as any student would. Um, and while I didn't really like my professors, to be candid, and I don't think they were with the times and like, how are you a media communications um, professor and you don't know how to work Excel or like work a PowerPoint presentation? Like, okay. Um, that kind of drove me to be like, I need to, I have something to prove because this is like as easy or as simple as people sometimes make out our position to be as far as like a student. I knew that I wanted to put as much as I possibly could into something so that way it was like, well, yeah, you might say it's easy, but I'm making more work for myself and I'm going to show you that like you could do what we're doing, but it's going to take a lot of fucking work to get there. So that's like where I found a lot more passion outside of just being a student athlete. You ever wondered where you'd be without that podcast interview? I try not to think about it because truthfully, I don't know. Um, I, I've actually never, I've never thought about that. Oh gosh. I, I probably would still be in lacrosse. I probably would still be like invested in things that are like, um, oh my gosh, invest, like, that is such a good question. I don't know what I would be doing. I probably would still be like criminal justice, like pursuing something in the field of criminal justice. Maybe I'd be going to law school. Probably not though, because I'd be like, nah, it's too hard. <laughs> Aaron DePaul, attorney at law. If your car is in a lake called Jake. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Um, so looking at your time at LMU, whether mm-hmm. it was on the field, um, by the way, was it 100 goals? Well, it was over 100 goals you scored, right? It was over 100. Okay, just saying. You're not trying to brag, but... No. The greatest <laughs> women's not, lacrosse player no. ever. No, saying that. I didn't pay him to say that. She did. Um, no! So. <laughs> the Venmo transaction receipts are going to be posted. Is that when my phone just okay. vibrated? Sick. Um, whether it was your time playing lacrosse, whether it was that almost like eureka aha moment that led you down your media communications path or whether it was something completely different what was maybe your proudest moment what made you the happiest during your time at lmu like what was it just as a whole that that you look Mm. back you look back and and look you you said yourself you've you've only been out of undergrad for what four months so like it's not like it's like back in my day like it's nothing like that but like but like when you do look back on those four years like what is it that brings the uh brings the biggest smile to your face um initially like in a physical sense i want to say hiking um there was a few times where our trainer would force us to go to uh yoga and i will say this until the day i die my the one piece of advice i got out of going to yoga Lower body, okay, well, two things. Lower body mobility, life changer, love it. Two, um, when I was in child's pose and she's like making us do like all these weird poses, but then she's like, you know, do what your body's comfortable in. And I'd be in child's pose, like half asleep on the ground. She's like, when you lose touch with nature, you lose touch with yourself. And I really respected that. And I know it probably pissed my mom off how much I would go hiking by myself. But when you live in a national forest, like you kind of have to go. 
So hiking made me really happy individually, but I can say honestly, I was, I did my best to be the best teammate when I was the best captain, when I could be a good friend. And um, as much as it hurt sometimes, because I mean, there was a big old rough patch there the last two years with COVID and just personal reasons. I was really struggling and um, my mom would always say, fake it till you make it. And recently, I was honestly, I got a little emotional when you're watching that TED talk that Max made us watch. It really turned into make it until you believe it yourself. And I can say that stepping off the field, stepping off the graduation stage, stepping off of LMU campus, stepping out of Tennessee, I gave everything that I was able to give even when I felt like I couldn't. And I don't think I credit myself enough in that sense. And I'm getting there. And I think like taking a few steps away from LMU, I'm kind of realizing how much maybe, you know, it's, it's hard to be a good person a lot of the times. But when you can step away and be like, I know that I, I did my best to be a good person. That's probably what I would say is what makes me smile at the end of the day. That even if, even if people didn't like me, that was their issue, not mine, because I knew I was doing stuff for the greater good of everybody else, even if it meant maybe not doing the best for me. So It's weird to look at the past 18 months or however long, almost two years, <sighs> of just, just how how all of this has been. And, and, and you did mention, obviously, your, the past, your, your final two years... Mm-hmm were affected because of because of covid mm-hmm. and 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 you know you didn't you know, obviously during what would have been what your junior year right mm-hmm. the, the 20 season you 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 know it's like oh anything everything's normal we're gonna play lacrosse and then all of a sudden like bam no we're not playing lacrosse i don't think i've ever asked this of any student athlete like in the moment like mm-hmm. like you know myself working at a d2 institution in west virginia like i saw it sort of but right. like at that time like I had seen the kids move out and it was just kind of like ah well you know like you know we'll get through this and they were like yeah 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 whatever like like they it, it wasn't very like emotional as much as it was just very like matter of fact like oh well it is what it is kind of thing for yeah. you you know speak on what you know however much you want to get into but like how yeah. much how much that impacted you what you know like, like when you first got the news Dude, of like it, of like like oh like this covid stuff it's real and we're not going to finish the season like what was the first thought that went through your mind so my one professor was like super into it. like he taught in china a lot so he was all over when it first ever became a thing and there was one day that my mom called me i think it was in january maybe february and um, my mom and i talk all the time so excuse me she didn't call me I hadn't heard from her in like a day and I was like what happened to Kelly and I texted my dad I was like dude where's mom and he's like she's been sick like the past few days she hasn't gone into work I'm sorry my mother not going into work is the most unheard of thing I've ever heard of in my whole entire life and I was like immediately I was like COVID I was like or corona at the time um and she calls me or I call her excuse me she picks up the phone and I'm like mom she's like Aaron Aaron like this woman sounded like she was on her deathbed like fucked up I was like oh my gosh this is legit and I was like if she gets bad tell me I will fly my ass home to Maryland 
It's fine. Um, so, like, she luckily recovered completely fine. I think she had it. It's not confirmed or anything because it was so unheard of in the United States at that time. And then, so season starts, and then I guess it was the day of St. Patrick's Day, or the day before St. Patrick's Day, I had NCAA notifications, like, turned on on any type of social media because I knew they were making responses about that kind of stuff. So it was, I was parked in my facility parking lot and I get the notification, any continuation of spring sports are being canceled. And I go and I sit in my coach's office and she says, please don't leave campus yet. And I'm like, my ass is going home. Tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day, that's fine by me. I'll just take like a weekend bag and dip. Like I thought it was gonna be like a two, three day thing. She probably knew more than I did. Obviously, she does know more than I do. And um, it gets canceled. Our whole season gets canceled. And the first time around was I was like, that sucks. That sucks hard. And I was like, what am I going to do? Okay, I'll keep working out, whatever. The second time around sucked even more because I had more personal shit going on. We had been wearing masks outside, practicing for two hours in the pit. Like, this isn't because of COVID. I was practicing on a softball field. A softball field. My senior season, I didn't get to play one single home game. Every single game was away and six hour drives. That is a whole different issue. I got a concussion. I was out for three weeks. And then, right as I'm about to get cleared, people went to a party, got COVID, and ended my season for the second time. Which is part of why I really loved having my podcast where I can push people beyond being a student athlete because I don't think I ever got that. I'm still struggling with my identity because when you say like, okay, what's your icebreaker? When you're an undergrad, how many people were like, hi, my name's uh, Aaron and I'm on the women's lacrosse team. That's like your fun fact. It's not a fun fact. I'm just a fucking athlete. I ran in circles for 30 minutes a day. What what is what is special about that? But it's like lear- unlearning that the one thing that you thought made you like distinctive made you have like purpose. And I say purpose in qu- air quotations. Like having to completely unlearn that. It was it was traumatic, and I wish that it wasn't. And it feels almost embarrassing sometimes to say that like COVID took away so much of the experience that I had worked for my whole entire life like it it, it was just was taken away and I'm logical it's like it happened it's done it's fine but then that emotional side of me is like like Spongebob when he's like burning all the files and stuff in his brain and he's like what the fuck is going on well no 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 like (laughs) and I I get what you're saying because like in a weird in a weird way, like, you know, like, lacrosse was almost like your first love, right? So it's yeah. like you have, you have that ripped away, like... There was a whole bunch of other shit that made me, like, hate lacrosse, but the fact that I couldn't even finish out, I was like, at least I get to play, is what I would tell myself. Like, I get to be on the field. And there were so many times that I stood on the field as a captain, and I told the girls on my team, I'm not quitting on you. Don't quit on me. And then... Nobody quit, but people fall short. And that was the reason that our season had ended. And it's like, 
I stayed in my, and it, it sounds so trivial to say because again, it's so unprecedented. Like knowing the guidelines, yeah, maybe the CDC says don't go to like a party, but Aaron being a senior captain on the team is like, I'm gonna stay in on a Friday night because I don't feel like I'm over everybody else's season. And people don't have that same mindset. And I don't blame them for doing that because it's a college experience. Like I'm literally explaining like the way that my mind works right now. And it's like, yeah, but you should do this, but also this, but maybe this, you just think about this. And you're like, oh, it's, which is why I'm in therapy. You're not my therapist. I'm not gonna completely unload, but COVID definitely took a tumble in not just my like mind of being an athlete, but also being like a human. Cause I kind of feel like I had to fill then, if I'm not an athlete, then what am I? A ticket manager. Well, literally like, the, <laughs> no, like literally the thought, and I'll get nerdy for a second, but like the, the thought that came into my mind, um, my, my, my dad will be proud that I'm about to quote Star Trek, but, mm. um, but Spock has his, his infamous line, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And like, that's what that sounds like to yeah. me. Like you're, you know, I'm sure there were times where you could have easily just been like, oh yeah, it's, it's Friday night. Like, like screw it, go get hammered. But then it's like, no, like you're in a leadership position, mm-hmm. right? So then you have to, you have to, you uh, I was gonna say aura, like it, maybe that's the wrong word, but like you have that position, and so you have to set that that example. And maybe when maybe when no one else would, and like yeah. you have to stand out above the pack. And that's the thing too, because like in the world of sports too, and going into a small campus, and unfortunately, girls sometimes can be mean. And so I knew being in a position of like again air quotations power that. I was standing above other people, but knives were being pointed at me. So it's like, you have to watch where you have to step. And it, it was a lot of pressure, and I knew that people didn't like me personally on my team, which is fine. You do not have to like the people that you work with, you play with, you do life with, it's fine. Get that. But I felt like it, it just is like, you are always being questioned, like your authority is always being like confused with and then it's like hard because how do I tell what I think is right without sounding like or becoming the bad guy about that kind of stuff and then we had two captains quit and honestly I don't blame them at all because I wanted to so badly there were so many phone calls to my mom that I was like I can't do this anymore I'm like my mental health is down the crapshoot she's like you owe it to yourself to not do this and I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't regret I don't regret anything that I did, but if I and partially I was like kinda glad that the season ended too when it did, just because I was so over it. I was so over everything. Like, it was almost like a relief. Yeah. And it was um not related, but like when I got my concussion, the recovery for that was just like insane because my shit rocked and I just was like when you mentally aren't checked in you can't physically be checked in either and then so I got my concussion season had already been like my senior had already been and then I got my ass dumped which I saw coming for like a few months so then it's like okay well now I'm definitely not mentally checked in (laughs) and then COVID happened and I was like you know what I was just like I was like it's a relief it's not something I have to worry about doing it's not I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. I can sleep in my bed and do that but truthfully now I'm like in this position that I'm in and sometimes like 
I'll hear people practicing because I'm in the between of the levels of everybody lifting weights and running and I see people like out on the field and I'm like I just miss playing I miss loving the sport and I feel almost guilty sometimes that I don't like I hate it like I hated it for as much as I did but I'm like no it's kind of worth it. like it was justified a little bit see I feel like you just answered my next question but but you know I remember talking talking about this about this with you briefly you know when we just had field yeah. hockey match and and we saw um I think both teams at the very least the men's team was practicing on the football I think, field yeah the women's team was about to like start doing like their fitness testing and, yeah, stuff. and, and I kind of and I kind of asked it at the time sort of in jest but but you know hearing hearing you just explain this like 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 genuine question yeah do you miss lacrosse i i miss it a lot i miss like i'll say this i miss playing it i don't miss being a student athlete i would love to join like a rec league an adult league i guess i miss being a part of a team which is like so weird to me to like say this out loud. I miss being a part of a team where I have to go do like physical things with other people. Like that sounds like Viking shit. Like, hey, you guys want to go build a ship and that's what it feels like though. It's like, um, I I love I love sports. That's why I'm like in this position. I love it. I love being a part of a team where whether or not we win or we lose, if I'm being competitive and I get like to score a goal or I get to make a stop and I look over at my teammate and she's like let's go and like you know just that kind of stuff I don't I miss it I don't miss being a student athlete I don't miss being a collegiate athlete player I will say and I will say this till I'm blue in the face the day that I got the text that I said that said I had to go into quarantine and that our season was over you know like trauma brain is like let's think about something good instead of focusing on like what's actually happening Mm -hmm. it immediately went to you never have to do a run test ever again and i was like it was the best day just for that reason (laughs) let's look at the present day Mm -hmm. what led you to wagner college (laughs) oh gosh brian if you ever hear this i love you um, cause Brian asked me this question, why Wagner? And I said, and I could tell oh, 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 Morales, me, me, BMO. BMO, DJ BMO. Um, and I said, you know, truthfully, I saw Wagner and I saw Michelle Tumlo was the head coach. I knew of Wagner because of Michelle Tumlo, who's a professional lacrosse player. She has since moved to army and is stepping down from the professional aspect of things, but still like just idle. Love her. Um, I was like, I love Impractical Jokers. <laughs> I knew Staten Island because of them. I knew Staten Island because of Michelle Tumlo. And I saw that the position was open. And I think actually I applied for Sal's position originally because that's what I had been trained in. And in my interview, I don't know what your interview was like, but it was like three hours long. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I think actually I went on to, so I think on one of my six hour trips, so we go play a game. I'm not kidding. I applied to like 150 jobs, like, to get my master's. Um, was 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 grad school like the direction you were looking at at that time? I looked or, at not being an adult. For, and how do I how do I prolong being a student? You're trying and, to put it. You're trying to put off the adult thing for as long as you possibly can. But then, like, the idea of being able to make more connections, like, I'm learning quickly the business field, the business side of things, um, and I like learning. I like being a nerd. <laughs> it's fun to me. Um, but I saw um, the job posting on the NCAA job market 
And so I emailed Greg personally. I don't think I even applied. I think I emailed him. I sent him my resume, a cover letter, and a personalized email. And he was like, I was I was actually shocked when he was like when he replied to me, because like, I grew up with my family living in New York, and I've always loved New York. Um, New York City to me was always very infamous. It was never something attainable. It was never something that was like. I thought maybe I was like. Ugh, gross self-worth like whatever like I was like it's I'm not I'm not they, they, I can't touch that that's not for me and so when Greg emailed me back and I went through the interview and um, Morales was, was like why Wagner and I was like well truthfully uh, the practical jokers I love Michelle Tumo but also I'm a Jets fan and I did do my research Morales and I saw that you were a Jets fan and you asked me so many questions and I had to pull out of my ass anything that my brother and my dad had been talking about as far as the Jets and the NFL went, I was like, I need it. I need it. And then I was on the phone with Max because Max was part of my interview for a little bit. And after everything I said, he was like, interesting, interesting. And I was like, I failed. I, there's no way I'm getting this position. There is no way. And then um, I, t I messaged Greg one day because I hadn't heard from him. I think it was the first interview out of like this whole GA hiring staff. Um, and, but again, back to, I applied for a sales position, but he was like, I think you would work a lot better as our ticketing manager. This position's available. Are you interested? And I was like, I'll take any position you can give me. I don't care if I have to pull him off the floors. Um, like I, I just want in. Um, and I didn't hear from Greg for a while. So I was like the, I think the application fee was like 50 bucks. And as a broke college undergrad student, I was like, do I pay for it? Do I not pay for it in the long run? The deal that you get at Wagner, it's like. It's worth it mm -hmm. if I were to pay for it and I got in. So I messaged, I emailed him and I was like, hello, Gregory. Are you went full name. I went full kiss ass. So I was like, hello, Gregory. I would like you to know that I have applied to the graduate assistant position and also as like a student, yada, 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 please hire me, pretty much is what I was saying. He's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> and so then um, I'm sitting in a meeting um, with other things that I was doing in undergrad and my old coach who I use as a reference texted me she's like hey have you heard anything from Wagner and I was like no why she's like oh I just got off the phone with Greg uh, Cusick and you know we talked about you a little bit and I was like okay was it good <laughs> she's like well she well she said well he called me so it's got to be at least something towards your benefit so then I get the position and it was two weeks after she had texted me that and so I got on the phone and I was crying my eyes out to my dad because again this is when like everything bad is going bad in my life and I'm like I just need this win I need this win and I just was like dad I'm going to Wagner I like my grandparents live in New York and I haven't I don't get enough of a chance and I felt so guilty going to school in Tennessee to be so far away from my family when she was like happening or going down and stuff like that so I was like I'm gonna be home like I'm, I'm home like so I have like those aha moments every day when I wake up at like 6 a.m. and I'm like, why the fuck am I up at 6 a.m.? But I see the sunrise over the Verrazano Bridge and I'm like, okay, I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> so that's what led me to Wagner. I feel like I'm just talking out of my ass right now, taking up a lot of time on this podcast that has nothing to do with lacrosse. You've enjoyed your time at Wagner so far? Yeah, it's been all right. <laughs> it's been pretty decent. It's been all right. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks. They're real. No, they are. Um, They're real in my heart. Bless up. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk about music because I Please. very so. 
<laughs> one of the things that sticks in my my brain from from when we first moved here mm-hmm. was it was about it was two months ago actually. Um, we were like two weeks into living mm-hmm. over in Harborview, and we it was like the last day we were over there before we made the move mm-hmm. to Towers, and um, that was like the first time. Ironically, you actually hung out. With us. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> look. Um, my friends listening who know me as a very just like meh, um, my first couple weeks here, I was You missed such, it. He did like these weird hand things in the Hand air. motions. Hand motions. Um, <laughs> I was very introverted my first couple of weeks here. Yeah. And it took, uh, shout out to Sal, uh, it took Sal just like walking down and being like so, like more sociable. Yeah. Because um, admittedly, I was just a scared little teddy bear i guess just like being because like genuinely like you were the only person i knew yeah and i didn't know anybody else's name and (laughs) i was part of it um but i remember we were sitting in i know exactly what you're gonna start talking about (laughs) we were sitting in the common room or the the, because at this point you and i had also you morales and i had been in the office together for set amount of weeks yeah and Uh, so i can hear everything you're doing i can't see anything you and morales are doing but i can hear it um, no, so we were sitting in like that, that common room area mm-hmm. on the fourth floor of, of Harborview and, and I think it was you, Hunter and I, and yes. maybe Austin, I can't remember. There was some other guy GA there. Yeah. And, and like we, you know, we were all on our phones and I'm sitting back in, in like a chair similar to this chair and I'm just, and I'm just drumming. He's and, doing like one and, of these, like a, yeah. And like I had some song stuck in my head. I couldn't remember what it was, but I was just drumming. And you looked over at me and you were like, Are you a fucking drummer? I think I was like, I was like upset. Cause at this point I had been theorizing it for a little bit. And I was like, dude, are you a fucking drummer? And I thought and, I, and I thought I pissed you off. And Hunter and I, I know because they were like, Oh my God, Aaron, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, and I remember this, like, I can remember a lot of things, but I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that to be rude, but I'm like, you, you like the way that you move your fingers, it's like, it's with purpose. Well, that, there but, has to be reasoning behind well, it. Well, that's what scared me because I was still in that, like, like, who are oh, these people Do I trust stage? these people? Like, and, and when you said, and when you said, like, are you a drummer? Like, I thought I was like, oh, damn, I pissed her off. Like, I done, I done goofed. And I just looked over and I was like, and I was like, yeah, like, I, I've been playing since I was a teenager. Uh, or even earlier than that, it was a middle school band. And, stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you looked at me and you were like, all right, here's the ultimate test. Who is the greatest drummer of all time? And you have obviously Neil Peart. Like, I, I said, I feel like that's the only answer. Yeah. I, I had some other answers formulating in my brain. Like I was, I was like, do like, I? I was like, do I go? Do I? Like, trick question. It's pop, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was thinking to myself, like, do I go deep and say like a metal drummer, or do I also say like because I'm a big Dave Matthews band fan, I'm like, do I say Carter Beaufort because he's really good? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, no, like it's it's, it's Neil. Like like Neil's Neil's Rest the go- peace, Neil. Neil's the goat big rip to big rip to Uncle Neil. Um, I'm sure my eyes were just like deers in the headlights, like <gasps> yeah. And then but then like we literally had like a 20 minute conversation about Rush, and I was mm-hmm. just like, damn, like somebody else knows because like for our generation of people, like millennials, Gen Z, whatever you want to call yeah. our respective generations, um, like. If I'm you're admittedly Max, the TikTok generation. <laughs> I'm admittedly like 
I don't want to call myself a music snob. Like personally, I'm not like I like I'm. I still listen to a lot of the music my dad grew me up on. Yeah. Combined with a lot of the rock and the metal that I've discovered yes. over the over the course of my teenage years and my adult life. As we'll get into. Right. So like when I heard somebody else is like, oh yeah, like I love Rush, and I was like. Well, I think oh I, I think you were like Neil Peart, and I was like, you like Rush? You're like, yeah, I like Rush. And I like pointed out my ankle because I have a Rush tattoo, and you were like, I don't know what that means, and I was like, YouTube. It says Clockwork Angels. Ah, sorry. <laughs> which is, which is actually now ironic because that's one of the albums I have on my phone. Really? It's so good though. Uh, was it Clockwork Angels, Twenty One Twelve, Fly By Night, and so, Permanent Waves? And funny enough, we're gonna bring this again, full circle, part seventy seven. Um, when I had my podcast, East, what ended up being, I don't know if I stated it, East Corner is was the official name of the podcast. My intro was the... That was oh, like my intro from, in 2112. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was my intro. That was funny, too, because I, I was listening to that album for, for a while, like in the lead up to even moving out here, just because that song it's is so a good. jam. Um, but yeah, speaking of music, talk about, I mean, obviously Rush is one of those bands, mm-hmm. um, but, but talk, but talk about like some of the other artists. Cause, cause in, in the time that I've known you, it's, you know, when we do have these music conversations, it's, it's, it's a very eclectic mix. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not like one band you like is not like other, another band you like is not like another band you like. Like Whoa, it's very, thank you. I appreciate it's that. very like, like in, in the best possible way, yeah, like it's all over absolutely. the place. So talk about some of those bands that influenced you as you were growing up for sure and again paying homage to my favorite trio ever rush um and like i was saying really early on in this conversation what it like was me growing up listening to music and the car rides when my dad was taking me to different places i think the first time i heard getty lee's voice it was like off of roll the bones and i was like why is this girl singing like this and he's like and i was young enough to be sitting in the back seat and he like sits up straight and he like whips his head around. He's like, "You do not disrespect Getty Lee by calling him a woman." And I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> um, so I mean, obviously Rush had like a really big influence, and I think they really get overlooked as like a classic rock and a super influential type of music because they. And I will completely credit Getty Lee to this as well because he was obviously like an, a phenomenal bass player, but then he introduced the keyboard that he used and my dad actually had that keyboard like he bought that himself my dad played piano and it was super cute and I loved it so much um so Rush is always like my go-to when I'm like thinking about my rock standpoint of music um and then obviously you know my mom loves 80s like hardcore and I love like the way that 80s music feels like they're taking stuff out of the stars like, that sounds really fucking stupid, but, like, the synthesizers and, like, little... Like, the decrescendo of, like, electronics and stuff, that, to me, always felt very magical. It's, like, <laughs> you know those days where, like, you wake up and your mom's playing, like, Duran Duran, you're like, oh, fuck, I have to clean the house today. <laughs> it's, like, 8 a.m. Like, that's what it was like, and I and I loved it. Um, but then I think what's really special about... Um, our generation is growing up in like the 2000s pop era it it's like high beat it's like very like go 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 door shut sorry um and that too is like but what i really 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 like some albums that i think have 
like just blown me away and I've, I've actually created a playlist of like the perfect songs I love um as a pop artist I would say Bruno Mars because his voice is fantastic his lyrics and I love I love lyrics like lyricism and like just the way that you can manipulate words to be like beautiful um Bruno Mars and Adele I think are my favorite pop artists as far as their music uh compilation goes and then Billie Eilish recently like a lot of her albums for me have been like kind of that otherworldly type of vibe um especially after like her sophomore album well I guess it probably was her first album because I think the first original album in quotations was an EP technically um but I love her lyrics I love how experimental she is and she's like flop era okay that's fine with me because I'm proud of it and I really appreciate that for her um honestly I really got into Madison Beer's album um just because again it's kind of like that spacey otherworldly she did a lot of tone changes which I appreciated as like art I would listen to it and I don't know about you but when I listen to music I see like pictures I see videos I see how do I want a music video he's doing on the nose yep right there and when I can listen to music and it's already forming a picture in my head that's how I know it's good like uh, we were saying earlier melodrama fantastic like I think I was listening to writers in the dark with my mom one day and my mom was that like, was the song that was that was that I was thinking of. oh my gosh my mom was like what the fuck are you listening to and it's like I am my mother's child and I will love you till the day I die until you call the cops on me and it's like it's all metaphorical but it's like oh my gosh you listen to something and it gives you goosebumps like it's all over you like you just it just sinks it oh, oh. I love music like that that just makes you think and makes you feel um, and then kind of along the lines of like more of like that modern rock era um, I think the first album that I listened to in its entirety and made me cry was Come Around Sundown by Kings of Leon. This will be the end. I listened to it on um, Pandora, or the end, I guess is the title of the track. That was like my intro to more alternative rock. And then came Catfish and the Bottleman. And oh my God, like just m- music. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that album suggestion, by the way, because Dude. Mission made its way onto my on repeat playlist because it's a bop. Ridiculous. And it's like just music that like, even if you're paying attention or not, you just get in the car, turn on the ignition, plug in the aux, you just slap the shit out of the volume. You're like, turn it all the way up and you just drive. And sometimes you're like banging your head. And then other times you're like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? And like, just the music that makes you have like those gut emotional reactions it, i mean and in relation to like sports and stuff like that like i had certain playlists that i would want to play that i would like try to manifest what was going to be happening when i would play the games if i would get really nervous in games i would just would repeat lyrics over and over again and be like this is how i can calm myself down this is how i can focus this is how i can set my like my notion of what's going to be the outcome of what I produce in the game and then I get on the bus and then it's like that satisfaction of like turning in my airpods or turning in my headphones and I'm like hell yeah oh also recommendation for you 
Tash Sultana. She produces her own work. It's like super psychedelic. Amazing. Unreal. She just released, I think, her sophomore album. I listened to it, and it's like the way that, and I like when I can put on my Spotify shuffle and I have it so that way it's like the seven second like transition on both sides so it kind of like blends. You can do it either in shuffle for her album or just straight through and if you have that blending, it sound it like it sounds like art. Like it, oh, wow. it's like a cohesive piece. It is amazing. Amazing. I like to listen to music sometimes as for enjoyment, but also like it's art. Like when music makes me think that it's art, it's it's like it just blows my mind. It's a favorite concert you've ever been to? Oh, uh, shout out Philly one zero four five. Um, the birthday shows, I think probably. And oh. quick side note, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, the right. Philly radio station birthday shows are insane. But they host them in Camden. Which is weird, but I get it. I, I, get techni- it. I technically wasn't a birthday show, but the 2018 MMRBQ in Camden mm-hmm. was phenomenal. I would say concerts are probably the biggest part of my life growing up. Um, I think I went to the first ever birthday show for 104.5 where Neon Trees headlined. It was like in January. It was so cute. So baby of me. And then um, I went to the one... I forget what birthday it was, but Kings of Leon headlined. But... It was Empire of the Sun that really blew me away. Because their music is more electro. Um, they sing Walking on a Dream. Um, but their stage performance and like the quality of their sound and like the actual performance that they put on was like otherworldly. It was amazing. Like so, so good. So I would say probably if you have the chance, if you're in the Philly area over the summer, just see because they are always offering free, free tickets. That or the technicolors where i went to this little tiny dive bar i paid twenty dollars for a ticket ten dollars for parking in philly you're not gonna get that in baltimore you want to talk about the difference between philly and baltimore you're not gonna get that in baltimore paid 20 bucks for tickets to watch the technicolors and a dive bar with 50 other people amazing well we've mentioned you've mentioned uh both bands here over the past little bit Mm -hmm. and i remember i think this you know just as we moved over here it was like it was like oh yeah uh i have a podcast here when we on it let's do it because like because like when i found out like you were like a huge music fan i was like okay cool like she knows good music like this is gonna be dope mm-hmm. um and i remember like over the past couple of weeks it's like okay yeah we'll figure this out narrow down a time bam we got it done mm-hmm. and and i remember asking you probably within the past week like hey like like what album do you want to review you know explaining the premise of this and i remember describing it as you know you gave me the choices and i remember describing it as kind of like you're trying to determine whether you're going to go wmmr or uh radio 1045 <laughs> um exactly. and we we went we went 1045 we in this direction did. so so um tell us about the album we're going to review today and why it holds such a special place in your heart yeah, so um, the reason I didn't go MMR was because it was Rush and the album was going to be uh, Snakes and Arrows because that really influenced me as far as the rock aspect of things. Like the the sturdy bass level, the sturdy, like, like truthfully, probably the beat. So like drums. And um, I feel like I wouldn't do myself justice if I didn't choose an album that 
really put me in the perspective of being like, Aaron is Aaron. This is Aaron. This is Aaron. Like, I found this band on my own. I found this band and fell in love with them instantly. Um, the one song that made me fall in love with them isn't on the album that we're going to be talking about. The album is... A tease, you say. Whatever could it be? Uh, yeah, tune in next week to listen to the album review. This uh, is a great album, and I can't wait to, uh, to, to reveal it to the world and, and to discuss what we really talked about. And it was a lot of fun, guys. So, again, thank you so much for being patient. Thank you for tuning back into the Bang Your Head podcast. Again, as always, make sure you check out the Spotify playlist with the songs from albums we review and independent songs, this, that, and the other. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Leave me a rating. Check out the social media on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JMZ1994. And uh, that's all I got for part one. Tune in next week, part two, with Erin DePaul as we review her most influential album. It's great to be back behind this microphone. It's great to be back doing what I love, and it is this show. Thank you all so much. And until next week, stay calm and bang your head. We'll see you then. I'm running out of words to say, guys. This has been the Bang Your Head Podcast. <laughs>